April 2nd. As the music continues to play, Sims goes online to look up more material on a guy he will roast on Wednesday for challenging the environment. So stay tuned. Episode 160, Sims is hey. going to get one minute to tear apart a guy. Ooh, one minute. It's going to take more than one. Oh, man. Hey, everybody out there, let's just look up Stephen Goddard, G-O-D-D-A-R-D. He also has a AK Tony Heller. That's when you know a person's bad. When they Save have it a, for the podcast on Wednesday. We're going to learn about the environment from a guy that's a master's in electrical engineering. So <laughs> that's what we're going to learn on Friday. That coming up for uh, Wednesday. Wednesday, sorry. Uh, guys, hello and welcome as always. Uh, we have a jam-packed show because the NFL no longer sleeps. It is 365, it is 52 weeks a year, it is seven days a week. Uh, we have a lot of topics. We are going to be using the out-of-left-go field hat to pick our topics today. Okay. But first, I want to say if you're watching on YouTube, oh, uh, my subscribe. Oh, made this hat for me. It's so cute. My, oh. my, my dad made oh, it. Oh, so, so cute. He has a matching one? No, just for me. Just one hat? I had a, I had a website called out-of-left-go field and yeah, just one. You so have one. a website? It was like a blog. It was a Tumblr. Remember, and you thought Tumblr was a gymnastics website? I don't know. You lost me at I had a website, okay? I stopped listening. Jeez, what a dork. I'm Shims, and I watch film all day, and I don't understand anything goes. Uh, but speaking of websites, <laughs> you were on the MMQB this morning oh. saying that you believe that this draft class was a little bit overrated, uh, that Josh Allen was the guy, and Lamar has a huge ceiling, right. but you're very concerned. Pretty much all the stuff that you've been talking about on the podcast. I usually don't give away free information that it's not set here first. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Peter King and I, we have a good relationship. I'm just curious. Does I, he call you and go, I need some. I need you to fill some space on MMQB? I think he's a little bit of a listener to the podcast at times. No. He is. Hey, Peter. And he, he also, we're going to have him on. we got to have him on here before the draft. I would like that. Right. Why before the draft? Uh, I just think he could add little side notes and information. I think information. he's better for the whole league. Oh. I like you on the draft. Oh, no, I get that. But I also think he can give us some inside information that I won't be able to give us or things like that. Oh, you know what I mean? Like what he talked about with Dorsey. Right. Today. He just has connections throughout the league through a long history of being around it that he's going to know some things that I, I don't care who I am or who my dad is that I'm not going to know. He's got great relationships that way. So All right. So before we it. get to picking yeah. topics out of the hat, I want to talk about what he said in the article, what? which is that he's hearing from a friend of John Dorsey right. that Dorsey's leaning towards Allen at one and okay. Saquon at four. It's the first time that I've heard Josh Allen being mentioned for the Browns. It's been Darnold, Darnold, Darnold. And seeing as how Sims doesn't take in any media at all, I guess you didn't read this. What do you think of Allen and Barkley? No, I... Makes uh, sense to me. Makes sense to us. It definitely makes sense to us. I I have heard the rumors that they were maybe hotter on Allen than Darnold, just through NFL people, but I did not know that through the media. It makes sense. Just from my first thing where I connect the dot is really, okay, so Hugh Jackson... I mean, he liked quarterbacks like Carson Palmer. Now, he did Six draft Deshaun Kaiser, yeah. right? right. And so, I mean, I didn't think Deshaun was very talented, but he does like the bigger type quarterback. And then I think the other part of the equation there you got to think of is Todd Haley, too. I mean, he did just come from Big Ben Roethlisberger. Right. He is from that Bill Parcells school of coaching to where I do think they uh, value a bigger type of quarterback. And yeah, to me at this point, it I, yeah, I mean, he's slam dunk number one for me. I, I don't really have any... 
argument about that at this yeah, you're, point. You're dead set on it now. Yes, I am. I'm dead set on my five. I really am. My, my question, though, was I've also yeah. read that the Browns, as I fix this microphone, so yeah. excuse the audio, mm-hmm. as the Browns, I've also read that they also really like Bradley Chubb right? and the thought of matching him up with Miles Garrett. So my question is, would you rather have the dynamic duo of Allen and Barkley on offense or the dynamic duo of Garrett and Chubb with a quarterback on defense? Yeah. Ooh. It's a really good question. I, I think, you know, it, it always depends on the players themselves. And I just think I value Saquon Barkley higher than a Bradley Chubb. I really like Bradley yeah, Chubb. Like, I feel like Bradley Chubb is the best pass rusher in this group, but I don't think he's the best pass rusher we've seen in the last three, four uh, years. Right. I don't even know if he's top three. No, I don't in I the agree. Last right, right. Years. I mean, you're, he's, he's not, not Miles, Miles Garrett, Garrett. He's not Clowney. He's no. not Khalil Mack. No. That, I mean, that right off the bat. I don't think he's in that class. No. I think he's really good. Yes. I think the fact that there's no other big pass rushers in this class magnifies him. It magnifies but, him. But makes we've his seen value this in better. Yes. Where one position group is shallow and one guy. I think that's what's going to happen to Quentin Nelson. But I yeah. think Quentin Nelson is that good. He is that good. Quentin Nelson, I mean, we'll get into some of these edge pass rushers and O-linemen over the next three weeks before the draft and really break them down. But, yeah, Nelson, I mean, and come on, Lefko, you know I saw him in person all year long. And uh, I saw him in person and I was like, you're bigger than I thought you yeah, were. Yeah, yeah. He's just a big square block of New Jersey meanness. He's awesome. And I mean, what's funny is he's like a really nice kid. Yes, he but is. But when he gets out there. You could see it. Uh, so I don't think people realize tonight we're recording this Monday. It is the national championship game for college basketball. <laughs> I forgot about this. It is going to be Villanova taking on Michigan. Who do you got? I'm going. I'm Nova. I'm Big I'm East Nova all the too. way. I like Nova. Michigan. The story's cool, all yeah. that. But yeah, I'm Nova all the way. I don't way. know if I'm staying up for the game. I'm going to stay up. And Jay Wright. I mean, come on. Is there a more handsome, well dressed head coach in the sport? This is also a big night for the NFL. Yes. And I would say for the last three years of doing the podcast, we've tried to talk about this in some way. And Mother Hen, Mother Hen. And producer Josh says we're not to talk about this. But guess what? We've grown as a podcast yes. and we can talk about it now. Yeah. The national championship in college basketball is a celebration for NFL players around the NFL. It is. And what are they celebrating, Chris? They are celebrating that their ass is about to be on the clock for drug testing. It's your last night to get it in, puff, puff, give, or give it a puff, puff, don't give, and hog it to yourself because you're going to be giving it away for a while. So you told me this three years ago, and I I didn't realize that because of the way the league schedule works, one month from today is the start. Start of May. That's when we're getting into like. I showing believe up the date is four twenty now. I literally think they've made four twenty the day of officially drug testing. And you, you believe, and you, you've experienced it. Oh yes, that the college basketball championship. People believe that's when you stop smoking weed, and that's when you'll pass tests coming yes. up. You're you're cutting it a little close, even at this point. Oh, but nobody's expecting the drug testers to be in the building the first day you walk in, right? Gotcha. So you're kind of calling the bluff of the NFL there. You know, right now, yeah. What is it, March second? So it's only 18 days. If you have a high body fat percentage, you're going to be risking the chance of not getting it out of your system. In but time, if you're right? lean and mean, but if you're lean and mean, right, and you're ripped up like a wide so what receiver, would, happen? would you guys get together? Together? Yes. I mean, it's it's horrible. It's a horrible day. It what really you, is. What do you mean? Because you just dread it. The last two weeks as a player, you're going, man, this is, I'm coming down to my last few days of being able to smoke. Oh, so this is not a celebration. No, it's a, it's like a celebration and also yeah, like a it's damn. It's more like pouring one out for the homies. Right. Like, it was a fun off season. That was fun. Now we got to sit here and we can't touch this stuff until we get tested. So many of our listeners' favorite football players right. will be home tonight. 
watching the basketball and game. And their tweets and seem a little nonsensical. <laughs> oh, that's really good. All right, so when you're watching the game tonight, if you're seeing people being like, Michigan more like Michigan, be like, uh-oh. Michigan State's good at basketball. Be like, oh, they're stoned. It's They're coming down in the end. All right, so and that – and. Who taught you that? Uh, well, I, you know, I just I think my my rookie year in the NFL was one of those things you kind of learned in the locker room. People the were ropes, talking about right? it, like, oh man, we're coming to the end. You got that test coming soon. We got to get got to get clean. And this is the unofficial end. This is the unofficial end. I always would have you know a few guys over. You were on the drug program. I'm just going to put. Yeah, that it's out. okay. Fine. I, yeah. I was in the drug program for six out of my eight years of the NFL career. That's fine to put that out there. You're a miscreant. Uh, yes, yeah, so I am. So if for people want to go, oh, he wasn't good at quarterback because he was stoned the whole time. No, I was not stoned because I was always in the drug program. You're right. If you're on the drug <laughs> program, it means that you were clean. I was clean as hell. It's trust all me. the people that are not on the drug Ooh. program. They're the stoners. They're the, they're the ones you got to watch out for. Yes. And I was, a, I was a habitual line stepper. I mean, I was a <laughs> habitual like, well... I could squeeze one more day in. No, and, no, and then it would be no. <laughs> but, you know, what, I don't know if we've ever really had this conversation. When you talk about the drug testing program, it's miserable to be a part of in the NFL. You get in it. Uh, I did push the limit a little bit, right? And then got one of the early tests. Like, oh, like you want the early test. Yeah, so for people that don't realize, right. if you're not in the drug program, we've talked about this a number of yeah. times, as soon as you get tested and cleared, mm-hmm. they don't test you again until next season. No street drug so test So you want to get tested in April or May right. so that you're good for the entire offseason. Exactly right. But if you get tested in November... You're well, going, or what is the end? It's like August. August is they have to do it some now, some point between April and August. You have to be t- tested for street drugs, right? Yeah. So yeah, there was many a times where you know, let's just say the years I wasn't in the drug program, where you go and you go, oh, I'm clean, I'm clean, and you're going, oh, I hope they get me the first day of training camp. You're rooting for. Damn, it. they're still not here. Yes. Gosh, damn, it's three weeks into training so camp. Do you Will actually somebody have get players me? like walking by the guy, being like, "Yo, test oh, me next." What? Everybody. Really? What? What? We're. I would be. Trying to pay if him? I knew they Here's were hundred dollars. Test me tomorrow. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't mess with <laughs> it. But when you were in the facility and you knew the drug tester was there, let's say May or whatever else, you were definitely going to go by and go. What position are you guys testing today? Mm. <laughs> Were you confused like I was when you right. first got there, though, about people being excited to be drug tested early on? Uh, like, remember when I met the player in Oakland? I don't know if can I say his yeah, name. Don't say his name. Don't okay, say but like it. we yeah. were hanging out, and he was right. like, "I got drug tested." I was I'm like, getting... "Oh man, that sucks." He was like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, he's like, "No, I'm free. <laughs> I'm free. <laughs> yeah. I'm free. Re- release." Well, because you talk about yes. like the drug program is really intense. It's miserable. You and have to call them before you go anywhere. They have to watch anywhere. you while you pee. Right. You can be tested up to three times a week, I believe. I mean, it's 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 uh, I believe ten times a month they can test you, and you're definitely going to get insane. once ten a times week. A month. Yeah, you're definitely going to get once a week. And of course, they're going to throw curveballs at you. And some weeks you might get two two in a week, maybe even three in a week, maybe three days in a row because they might go, oh, well, let's see, maybe he thinks he's going to get a long. Can period. we talk about the the time you but, got caught the second time? Or is that too much? Well, no, it's okay. I was just going to say, like, I never realized that you lost four game checks one year. I did. I'm being totally honest here. Let's yes. do it. All right, fine. Yep, Are I'm, you cool with it? I, I'm cool. It's fine. Okay. I uh, yeah, I one year in uh, in Tampa Bay. I was in the drug program, and I took a chance. I did. I got home from a preseason game, and the guys were hanging out, and I was like, "Damn, man, that looks fun," <laughs> and I. 
I took a few hits and I yeah. ended up getting in the program again. Yes, and I lost four games. And didn't jets. they test you like the next day? It was. It was like That's right, and I was like, man, I'm busted. Uh, but yes, you. I lost four game checks because of that. Man, good thing it was my rookie contract. It was nothing big. Nothing big. big money. My question is: is yes. when you know that you're playing for free? Yeah. Doesn't matter. Never factors in. Not at all. But after the game, like, because when do you get the game checks? Yeah, like, I mean, it, comes uh, it depends li- on the team, but usually, like, one, every other game, maybe, right? So, like, on a Tuesday, so everyone's every two in their weeks. locker and they're looking at their checks, and you're just like, all right, <laughs> nothing. There's no envelope in my. Check. I'm still unbel- I just still think it's crazy that you guys don't get direct deposit. Uh, I uh, you do, but you're also going to get a a piece of paper to go. This has been deposited into your account, right? Oh, okay. So you're going to have something no matter what. But yeah, just real long story short, the drug program miserable. You can be tested all the time. They can come to your house. How many times was I on the way to see a movie with my wife? Really? And then they call and they're, I was like, damn, honey, I, we, and they wouldn't meet you at the movie theater. No, I mean, we got to go back, like I, because you have a time. Once they call you, the time limit starts. So too. let me ask you, having right. gone through that, right? Did it did it make you go? I don't want to do this. Like I'm I'm gonna like I'm not gonna do the drugs. It's just not worth it. Yeah, I mean, uh, no. Obviously, I did not learn my lesson completely there. Uh, I did not. That's just what I am. I'm a little bit stubborn that way. How long I, does it take to get out of it? Out of, oh, so it depends on your behavior and if you fail tests when you're in there. But once you're in, you're in for basically two years straight. Right. Wow. Yeah. So you're in two years straight. Like you said, if I went home to New Jersey, I'd have to call the NFL league offices and go, hey, I'm going to New Jersey. I'm going to be at this address. Yeah. You can reach me at this number and they're going to come get you. Was it the same guy? Every and it's time? going to be pull your pants down below your knees. I mean, totally below your knees, underwear, pants, below your knees, take your shirt off, like not just like raise it up, has to be completely naked on the top. And yes, they're going to sit there and watch you very strictly pee into the cup. Shout out to Ontario Smith, who probably caused all that because he had the Wizenator. The Wizenator, certainly, yes. But um, my fear whenever I pee in a cup is that it's going to overflow. Like, that's always my fear. Like, if you ever pee in a Gatorade bottle when you're, like, on a road trip and you're like, oh, God, it's going to hit the top. Like, I would have that fear in front of him. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I think, I mean, you're doing it in front of a toilet, hopefully, to where you're not. Oh, it wasn't, like, in your kitchen. No, I wasn't like, hey, here you go. Hey, honey, the mashed potatoes are almost ready. Hold on. I'm almost squozing out here. Squozing. Uh, squozing. That's a new Sims word. Add it to the dictionary. Squozing, which uh, yeah. means to squeeze so out I'm a letting little bit all of, your... of you into my deep, dark secrets there. I don't think it's that dark. I don't think it is either. I don't care. I'm not ashamed of I know, like, I worry about, like, Bleacher Report coming to be like, are you sure it's okay? But I don't care. I'm fine with I don't it. know if that's... I'm trying to be transparent and let you I don't you think people the... hear any of this. Okay. And that's why I think it's interesting to me, because I haven't heard any of this. And right. if I haven't heard it, they definitely haven't right. heard it. Right, right. Wait, so did you become friends? Like, was it the same guy that would come? Was he Most the, times. Was he the Tampa representative? Yeah, right. There's, a, there's like, three guys in rotation, usually, for every team. They're, like, ex-FBI agents, right? So they're very into the letter of the law, and they're right. strict as hell. Did you ever... Did you make jokes? Uh, yeah. You, they, some of them were cool. Some of them were all business, but you could talk to them like human beings. Or you'd be like, "Hey, you know, I'm I'm at the store. I'll be there in 20 minutes. Just relax. Okay, I'll be here. Whatever." Ever it have is. a close call? Didn't think no, you were gonna get there. In I time? can't say that I did. I I was always pretty good because you can't even enjoy yourself. Like you're just yeah. like, okay, he's here. Let me did go you, back and do it real quick. Did you ever crack a joke? Like you're, you're taking your shirt off and you're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> no, don't do it. Yeah, I know. You're right. <laughs> the question was, did you? Not no, if, I did not. Not if you can make one I right now. Um, all right. Are you ready to do this? Ready. I don't want to host today. Good. I'm giving up my host duties, so I'm going to put it in the hat so that Sims will actually be controlling what topics we're talking about. And, you know, like that last one, Sims, like if you would have nailed that joke. Yes. 
I would have. Oh man. Whoa, man. The audio's not turned on. <laughs> if you would have nailed that joke, oh, the audio's still not turned on. Steinbeck, <laughs> you doing this to fuck with me? No, well, they left the control. No, it's not working anymore. Right. How is that possible? Golly. Oh, jolly G. George. Can but, you hear it? Uh, All right. Hey. Now it's coming through. I think you're lying to me, Steinmetz. All right. Here it is. We have three main topics that we're going to put in here. The first one is draft quarterbacks. That is your specialty. The second one is the holdout amigos. There's that. And then last one is coach versus star player battles. Sims, reach in. And on the count of three, you're going to pull it out and read it. Oh, yeah, I don't want to see it. I got to just, I saw one. And the one. first topic that, that we will be doing on Sims and Lefko out of the hat is. Oh, grab the one I didn't want him. Coach for star player battles. Bum, bum, bum. All right, that's awesome. Yes. All right, so hold on to that. Yes. Why didn't you want to pick this one? I just saw it. I just oh, didn't you want felt it. like you yeah. were cheating. Yes. Okay. All right, so guess what? Reach it again and figure out which one we're talking about first. There are three coach versus player battles. Oh. Reach in there. You're funny. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> and the first one is. Ah, Jim Moore Jr. versus Josh the Rosen One Rosen. The Rosen One. Yeah, Jim Mora came out there a few weeks ago and said he'd take Darnold over Rosen, and then he tried to backtrack with Peter yeah. King. And what did he, and he, what was, he say? He was like, look, look, the kid is a millennial. He needs to be challenged intellectually so he doesn't get bored. He needs to know why. Millennials, once they know why, they're good. Here's where it got dicey. He goes, if you can hold his concentration level and focus only on football for a few years, he will set the world on fire. Wow. That's what? still an under-the-radar shot there. It, the number one knock on Rosen is, does he love the game? Yes, so when is. you say, if you can keep him focused on football for right. a few years, right. you're like, oh, so he's only going to focus on football for a few years? Yeah. It's just, I, by the way, I looked back up. The last time Jim Mora, he said something about Miles Jack, where he... he People were asking him, should Miles Jack have left so early? Yeah, right. And Mora's response was, I don't know if they're going to have enough tape on him. Right? Right. Mora used to be an analyst. Yes. And I think when you used to be an analyst, like I think Herm Edwards is going to have this problem too. You're used to just saying things. Right. And because these guys were not popular analysts, their their stories didn't their their comments didn't become stories. But when you're the coach of the kid, it becomes a story. Yes. The millennial thing to me, it's like or or you have to explain to him why. I, I'm just tired of punishing kids for being intelligent. Agreed. I mean, he's smart. That's a positive. It is. I mean, it, listen. The, the whole conversation, the way he started it out. You know, why we're talking about this in the first place to say that. Oh, you, you know, the Cleveland Browns. They should take Sam Darnold, and his makeup will fit the situation better. I mean, that was a shot at Josh Rosen. Even uh, though, he's, even though he might have been trying not to get his quarterback I, to go to I, Cleveland. I, I've heard that, but again. I mean, is he going to call all the other 31 teams to tell them that, or is he going to just let it be? Because now mm. all the other teams that don't, don't know Jim Moore Jr. are going to go, well, damn, Jim Moore Jr. is telling me to pick the quarterback from the crosstown rival 
over the guy that he spent time with. Yeah. And we know they had their little spats here and there, right? So uh, this is where it's confusing to me. Jim Moore Jr., a head coach, right, and probably wants to coach again, I would I think, would at some think point. So, yeah. Man, nothing's better for your career than to have the number one pick on your resume at the quarterback position. Oh, look, this guy, he knows how to scout quarterbacks. He can develop them, too. Oh, he's a defensive coach, but he still knows what they look like. It's like when you were here. looking at schools and the coach at Tennessee had worked with Peyton, David Cutcliffe, and you went, I want to work with a guy that's worked with Peyton. Exactly right. I so, want to work with the guy that's worked with Mora. He, he's really hurting himself by saying that and not supporting his guy. I don't think the he was that supportive of Hundley either. Hmm, I don't know. I can't remember exactly, but yeah, I could say from Josh Rosen and Miles Jack, he's wrong because man. the guy the guy's got good recruiters apparently. Oh, do mean. you really think it's going to hurt Rosen all of this? No, well, I don't really. I think, think it's it hurts more. Hurt. I heard think it hurts Mora more than anything. No, well, it just yeah, you're right. It's going at the end of the day, it's going to hurt him more. It feeds into the Rosen narrative more though. It's just one more voice. You to saw say. the video with Rosen and Aaron Rodgers. I didn't watch it. What? No, I said it to I will. you. I know. I'll watch it later. It's just, I look at him and I go, oh, so so Aaron Rodgers, they, they're talking, it was an NFL Network thing, right? and Aaron Rodgers, Rosen's asking him, how do you keep interested in practice? And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going, look, man, you got to find ways to challenge yourself, because I'm in year 13 and it gets a little bit boring. Mm-hmm. And so Rodgers was saying, I'll drop back and I'll see how long I could go before I look and then I throw. And Rosen was like really appreciating that. And But that's what they say about Rodgers. Yeah. You know, Rodgers is too smart or he's a little bit different. Right. It's, guys, we need to learn how to celebrate talent. I, I always take it back to the Celtics two years ago when they took Jalen Brown at three. Right. Kid out of Cal. Had like a big score on his SATs. and Everyone said he's too smart. I don't know if he loves basketball. Right. Kid's fantastic. Of course. He's fantastic. I know. It's where the people get too nitpicky about this. And yet brains and individualism and outside the box thinking, uh, especially in football, uh, more times than not is looked down upon. It's yeah. just it's it's that military mentality. That's something in the NFL that I know that the fans and us agree. It's just it's not good. Not good. <laughs> if you listen to this They're long, mad. they start hissing. Ready? Listen. What was that? You stink so bad that I have to come up with a new sound. All right. Uh, back to this. Back to coaches versus star players. Uh-oh. And the Why second the pick. Thing? They're yeah, in there. there yeah. is. is Jonathan Gruden versus Marquette King. Jonathan Gruden versus Marquette King. JG. Marquette King was let go, and everyone was saying, oh, the, you know, his salary dropped down, and then it came out that, no, John didn't really like his personality. I went, and there's a clip online that you should check out of Marquette King doing an interview this offseason at the NFL Network right. wearing a crown, a robe with a staff, and in it, he's talking about how he's the king. He's, look, he's a personality. Yes, he He's is. out there. Yes. And uh, they're like, hey, did you go and talk to Gruden? And he paused, and he was like, no. They didn't, they didn't invite me up there or anything like that. And you could tell it was like a little weird and contentious. Uh, this is clearly Gruden's team and all that. Right. You know the guy. Yeah. What do you think about him getting rid of the punter? Oh, I think. And he's a very good punter. He is a very good punter. But uh, just knowing John Gruden, he doesn't want that strong of a personality at punter. He just doesn't. I don't think he wants to deal with it. I'm sure he's heard stories maybe about him that he is a little bit of a handful, whether it's TV, in the locker room, whatever it may be. But there was something uncomfortable about him. And I know that John Gruden's not going to let a punter be the focal point of any attention for his football team going forward. So Is there, there any p- p- position that has less leverage? 
Like, like he's getting paid three million, right? Right. So he's a very highly paid he punter. Is. Right. He's a very vocal punter. Obviously, we support that. Like, I support guys and individuality and all that, but. In terms of the position where I feel like the NFL could just say, I'm going in a cheaper direction, I feel like those guys get eliminated so quickly. They do, uh, but still, there is great value in the good punters. I mean, we know that. We do. I mean, you look at you know some of the, the great punters in the NFL, their ability to change field position is special, the way they can pin you inside the 10-yard line. But I'd also think that John Gruden you know, probably doesn't want him doing the moonwalk just because he knocked the ball inside the 20-yard line. He's gonna is be it like, surprising you to you or no? It's not at all. I mean, he just never gave the time of the day to really any kickers or punters. And and he's a lot like a lot of us football fans are just like oh you damn kicker or punter right. like we're done with special teams get the hell off the practice field we'll a see lot you tomorrow. of people said that when he covered those games he would complain every time Marquette King would do something I wonder why though I wonder if there's something there more that he knows about than than it, I mean it is a very I don't know. early I think Gruden's just a grinding he like, could be right think about well, I mean, think I about the personalities is, but... he's gotten rid of Crabtree yep he's gotten rid of Marquette King yeah two very vocal guys in the locker room right is that a good thing. Yes, I mean it's might not. Is it's it not ne- the type of vocal guy. He like he's not afraid of vocal in the locker room, but he's gonna want it to be a vocal guy that he knows is more on his terms, maybe, and just know that his heart's in the right place. And you know, I don't know about Marquette, Marquette King enough, but I know Crabtree is certainly dicey from from that standpoint. Well, the other thing, the other thing that that Marquette King did was he posed for a picture faking pulling off Akib Talib's chain at the Pro Bowl. Jeez. Yeah, you didn't see that? No, I did not. No. Well, you're no, not on social media. I'm just studying film. That's all I do. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I understand what you're saying. I also think when you have a change of the guard, look, we've all done this. Yeah, you're setting the tone. You've been in your offices, guys out there, women out there, and, and the new boss comes in and they give this rousing speech and someone leans over and goes, yeah, right. Yeah. He just doesn't want the yeah, rights in there. Sure. And I feel bad for Marquette King, but I also understand if I'm John Gruden and I got one or two years in Oakland and then I have to get to Vegas, that I don't necessarily need the opinion guy at punter. No, he doesn't want to He doesn't want to risk any of that. But if he brings back Shane Leckler, that's just absurd because well, he's obsessed with Shane <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think what you said is is correct, and he is. I mean, even with Marshawn Lynch, I mean, he, he's you know made a lot of comments that he needs to be better this year. We need to depend on him more. Yeah. Whether it's Amari Cooper, he's not being shy of sharing his thoughts with the media because he hasn't been able to meet with his damn. Well, today's yet. the first day, right? So today's he's, the he's first trying day to get his that... message out there that way. So all of the teams that have new coaches, this yep. is the first day they actually get to be with everybody. Oh man. What what is Gruden's speech Ooh. on that first day? I think he was going for eighty five plays in his first thirty minute walkthrough. That was his goal. He told me, "What? Yes, eighty five plays." Oh wait, so this isn't like orientation. Like it's not like here at Bleacher Report where someone new comes in, they go, "Here's your desk. Now we're gonna do a trust." They fall. might do some of that, but then they're like, "All right, hurry up, get your ass ready. We're going out in the field for our first run, and then we're left, and then we're gonna meet you on the field for a thirty minute walkthrough right after that." Hurry up! Nice meeting all you guys. 85 plays. That's what it is. What, do you remember the first time you saw Gruden run a practice? Oh, yeah. I just couldn't get over the pace of it. I was uh, I was amazed by it. That's what he does. Now, he's, he's like almost the opposite of New England, where Bel- I mean, like Belichick is going to go 10 plays. 
Here's 10 plays. And we're going to perfect that. And we're not moving on until we get it right. Gruden goes, no, here's I 85. I want to see how much you guys can handle, how much you can retain the next day when we do it again. Yeah. And I just want to see everybody move and do a little bit of everything. Is 85 both, a lot? 85 is a lot. So how many would Josh McDaniels have in Denver? Uh, jo- I mean, Josh would be more like the Belichick way. But like when we had those 30-minute walkthroughs and it was Josh's first yeah. year, yeah, we would get through, I'm going to say, maybe 40 to 50. What about Jeff Fisher in Tennessee? Yeah, same thing. I mean, and Jeff Fisher was actually not even that way. We weren't going to be worried actually necessarily more about plays. We were going to work on more on fundamental stuff. Like mm. uh, he was a little different that way. We're going to throw and catch linemen. We're going to do hand drills. Of it was that he kind did. of way. Yeah, that's the way he is. Right. Look, right. we're, we're going to be bigger. Right. We're going to be faster. We're going to be stronger. Coach, and Belichick is almost like a blend of both. He's kind of that old school. Like we're going to do it right. We're going to work on fundamentals. But he's also like, okay, I got to, you mm. know, I got these twelve plays. I want to so get. So Patricia, what do you think Patricia's going to be like? Patricia will be more like Belichick too. They're going to go out there and they're going to work on cover two for the first four days, and the team's going to be like, what the fuck are we? Are we going to do cover two? And he's going to go, well, no, we haven't done it perfect yet. So when we do, then I'll give you cover three, and it's going to go from there. What do you think Gruden's first speech is going to be like to the team? Um, what do you think he's going to really like focus on? Oh, just I feel like he's going to give a speech. Energy. Do you love football? You gotta love this man. Yeah, I mean, you, you love, love this it? man. You love it. You love it. Hey, you love football. Hey, 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 Derek, Derek, Derek. I mean, do you do you fucking love this play or what? I mean, do you fucking love it? I love it. Yeah. See, I that's think do, I think he's going to give a speech that's very Raiders centric sure. and very Al Davis centric. Oh, he's all in on the Raiders. Let me just oh, tell you, he's no, so I re- happy. I read, the, yeah. I read the article about, from SL Price like a few weeks ago about him there and how Al Davis still has like they haven't changed Al Davis's office at all. Um, like the last, there's a play still on there, and Gruden goes in and goes, I mean, this guy, this guy still got a play up on the board. I mean, come on, man, this guy loves the game. He loves the game, man. I think he's going to get up there and he's going to. Go, I want you to look at your helmet, man. I want you to see the Raider, man. I want you to know who you are, man. Like that's <laughs> I'm good. That's what I feel like his speech is going to be today. Yeah. His speech today is about the Raiders. Oh, the you know Raiders. What I mean? We're, Oakland's losing this team, man. What are they going to have did when I, they're gone, man? Did I tell you at the com at the uh, owners meeting that I told him he should wear a patch on his eye and coach the team like that? No, <laughs> I did. I told him because he's like, man, he's like, you know, Oakland's a special place to me. I had kids born in Oakland, and you know, I, I did. It's special to me, and I. I go, I know. I go, you're made for the Raiders. He goes, I, I really am. I said, yeah. I'm a, I mean, I, and there was like a, there was like two other guys around. I was like, yeah, you're so made for him. I've even said, I don't know if you've heard me. I said, you should wear the patch on your eye. And he goes, I might. <laughs> He's such a nutball. That's awesome. I really like that. He is. A, he, he was. Do you think he was serious when he said I might? I might. No, he's not serious. I might. <laughs> All right. Last one. It is coach player. Battle! Oh, it's the Belichick Gronk battle. Yes, it is. Belichick Gronk battle. There's only so many battles in the NFL. All right, so this one was two ways. It first started off with Belichick being frustrated with Gronk. Oh. So uh, they weren't sure the tight end was all in because, of course, if you watch Gronk, he's dancing with Shaquille O'Neal and then he's like taking his shirt off and then he's doing St. Patty's Day and then someone says, Are you going to retire? And he says, I'm going to the 69ers. Like, that's what he does. Right. And and then also, he commented, he, he posted for Amendola. Yes. 
This was the big one. Right. And underneath a picture of Amendola, he wrote a lot of words, but four of them were be free, right. be happy. They were in and caps, And free right? and happy were in yeah. all caps. Right. And it went to the storyline that Lane Johnson said, where he was like, they're, they're run by fear up there, not by happiness. Yes. Well, now it's also come out that Gronk is frustrated with Belichick. According to ESPN.com, he's pretty certain he's coming back. I can't believe we're still talking about whether or not he's coming back. Yeah, I know. But here's the catch. He's only willing to play as long as Tom Brady is on the team. Mm. My question to you is this. Yeah. Tom Brady, uh, he's, he's in the locker room. A uh, guy comes down and goes, Gronk, uh, coach wants to see you. And he goes up there and Gronk knocks on the door and he walks in and it's Belichick and Gronk. What is that conversation like between those two humans? Because I have a guess. Well, yeah, it's it's going to be Bill controlling the conversation. Do you think Bill's going to meet with him? Yeah, at some point. Okay, so Bill will control the conversation. Yeah, and he's and and I just think really he's just going to explain where he's at. Bill is going to be Bill is actually way better in these situations than I think people realize. He's just going to lay it all out there. Yeah, people and, expect him to be the way he is with the media. Right. This is not going to be like that. No, he's just going to lay it out there without any emotion. He's just going to tell him what's concerning him and where's your mind at. Yeah. And he's going to let Gronk. I just want to know the truth. Yep, and he's going to let Gronk and Gronk's going to oh, See, well, that's why I think how it goes yeah. is Gronk walks in and he sees Belichick right. and I feel like Gronk's head goes immediately oh, down well, and he's like, I'm so sorry. Like I just feel like he's going to turn into the kid and be like, I'm sorry, Dad. Like I, 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 I was just being Gronk, you know? I was just being Gronk. He's not going to say sorry, and Bill's not going to expect him to say sorry. Bill's not. Bill's not that like that much of a dictator, right? Um, but listen, up there in New England, this is real. I mean, come on. And I mean, you know, you've had me tell you how many players have left there, coaches have leave there that just go, man, I made it out. I made it out alive. I mean... There's nobody in the NFL I talk to when you know I talk about my short career as a coach in the NFL or being involved in an organization. And they go, "Well, you did start at the worst place possible," and I'm like, "Yeah, you're right, I did." You know, just from a grinding day to day, no fun atmosphere. Yeah, that's New England. Sorry, that's the price that comes for five Super Bowls and eight appearances. Sorry. That's that's the thing is, is he always gives the speech in training camp and all that, um, and I. I Tom Crean actually wrote about this in uh, Sports Illustrated. Tom Crean? Or, yeah. No, Crean. Crean. Oh, yeah. Like the actual Tom. coach. Got you. He got, got you. to go see a Patriots practice, right. and it was like a training camp day, and he said that Bill kept saying, we are working harder than everybody else right now, yes. and at the end of the year, the fruits of your labor will come through. Yes, right. And Bill thinks that people should realize that all the time. Yes. And he doesn't realize that, unlike himself, people like to do things outside of work. No doubt. And they like to have families and like to have a life, because in Bill's mind, why don't not why don't you just work this hard all the time, and you can celebrate and relax later? Right. Yeah. I know. But not well, everybody wants to do that. Yeah, he's got to realize he's a coach, and he's a different animal than a player. I mean, just a different animal. Uh, I want him to come out but, at us at like a, a training camp thing, and you know how he has like his little speeches, like right. like no days off. Yeah. I want him to go. Football is fun. That's all the fun you need. Football is fun. No, that's what I'd like. Him Winning to do. is fun for them. That's all they care about. Listen, the, the, he's some people up there call him the soulless wonder, right? Mm. I mean, he's soulless. I mean, he just. What? Uh, you were my quarterback for 20 years? Oh, you're cut. Uh, I'm yeah. not going to battle Well, they said Whatever. the same stuff about Bill Walsh. No doubt about it. When they, he you dropped have to be Joe that Montana. Way. But I also would say this. We're like, 
just to, again, in my time there, and even with Josh McDaniels, this will hold true, of course, because he did things like in New England. We did the least amount of team camaraderie stuff, right? Gotcha. Now, so again, like when it doesn't I see, speak to anything. When but. I see Dan Quinn, he's got the whole team carrying a log. Or I see like these guys, they go on a trip somewhere. You ain't Training doing any camp, of Training camp, right. Like, like oh, you know, I'll make today easy. Maybe I'll, we'll have a water balloon fight at the end of practice. Or, we see it on Hard Knocks every right. year. There's like an ice Stuff cream like truck that, that pulls exactly up. Exactly right. Or we're going to go to the movies or go bowling today. We're not going to practice the second practice. I'm going to keep you out of the heat. We're all going to go bowling as a team and have fun, have a little camaraderie. And Bill like, goes, that's a waste of That time. just never happens in New England. It's not even a topic of conversation. It was never even on the radio. Radar. I mean, there never. was never one day never. of fun. Not one even day, one. Except this is the only thing I could speak to yes. of fun. It was the last day of OTAs. Um, and he made the defensive tackles run the four by 100 relay. They had to run around the field in a certain time. If they broke the time, there was no last OTA practice. And did they do it? And they did. And it was Vince Woolfork on the last leg. And oh, it was hilarious. Vince can go when he opens up. I and mean, that thing is, he's got nine bowling balls for a belly, but when he opens up, he can really go. I'm imagining the slow motion on the beach. Um, with uh, what's the <laughs> like Rocky and Apollo Creed? No, what's the movie where they're running on the beach in slow motion? Uh, dun, 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 yes, dun. Chariots of Fire. Chariots of Fire. Thank you. Hundred percent. Yes, that's how I imagine like your team be like. Go oh Vince. no, they really were. Yeah, yeah, that's one of those things, especially up there because you don't ever get time off or days off where they were like, oh, we can get get out of here, you know, a few hours early and not have to go to practice and watch film, and we'll just be able to leave and go home until training camp. I mean, yeah, the team gets emotionally Did invested. Did Bill smile at all? Man, I don't How many know. times did you see Bill Belichick smile? Gosh, I don't remember one. Not even one? Not during that year, I don't. I mean, Bill's just a classic, man. I mean, Tom Brady know, fumbles him. a snap and he just goes, run! And everybody looks at him and they're like, who's he talking to? And he's like, everybody, run! <laughs> And the offense just has to go run down to the goalpost and run around it and come back. See, I love Bill Belichick because I'm never going to have to play right. for Bill Belichick. <laughs> yeah, you know right. what I mean? Like right. from the outside, I'm like, of course, that's what it takes to win. But if I was there, I'd be like, no. It's hard. And now, let's get to the second topic. <laughs> that was coaches versus star players. And Sims, what is it going to be? Draft QBs. Oh, man. All right, you you're special. talk team. about this, huh? Eh, it's, I'm just, Didn't know. we talk about this enough already? No, more stuff's happening. Is it? Yeah, dude, all the time. All right. <laughs> Sims, which draft quarterback storyline are we going to talk about? Oh, God. music not coming up. Oh, baby. The is answer is Sam Darnold a New Yorker? So it's just come out that if Sam Darnold doesn't go to the Browns. He's going to the G-Men. The Giants are taking him at number two. This Ooh. is according to Matt Miller. Yeah. Our own Matt Miller here yeah. at Bleacher Report I, and I've from heard the, the Football Podcast. I've heard that they they think he's Eli. Uh, he I, but Josh Rosen's Eli. The attitude. And I think they think oh. his unflappable you know, way about him. I, I've heard that rumor out I there. I want to say this before yeah. we even get into this. Yeah. We have laughed very often the last few years at the Giants' inability to keep a secret at all come draft time. Right. I mean, the last few years, we knew they wanted Leonard Floyd. Right. Last year, we knew they wanted... Well, they want the Conklin-Floyd one was the one that oh, yeah. ended up screwing them. And who'd they end up taking in, 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 because of that? I can't remember off the top of my head. But you're right. We all knew it was Floyd or Conklin, and uh, they went Eric right Flowers. before it. And then they went Eric Flowers. Is that that draft? I think that was it. I know. Uh, last... 
Oh, Eli Apple. That was oh, yeah, that it was Eli Apple because they took him over Vernon Hargrove. Last year, Thank who did Jordan. they take last year? Who was their first-round pick last year? Safety? No, not landing. Not wide receiver. Oh, Evan Ingram. Evan right. Ingram. The tight end from Ole Miss. Yeah. We didn't know that one. No. They kept that quiet. But, but you're right. There were years before that, there was a little but run. But it, it's different this year. Yeah. What are you noticing different about the Giants organization and their, their kind of like draft rumors and stuff that's different than years past? Yeah, I, I just think it's more quiet in general. I mean, I mean, I think we all can, can – they're one of those teams you can draw like conclusions to a little bit just because of the positional needs they have within their football team and the state of their franchise. So, I mean, again, we've talked about this a lot. It's either take the franchise and set up your – take the franchise quarterback and set up your team for the next 10 to 12 years. It's take Saquon Barkley and go, we're going all in with Eli for one or two more years. Right. Or it's trade down a few picks and go Quentin Nelson or maybe a Bradley Chubb, whoever was right. there. I think they would rather go Nelson, but – yeah, because it's interesting. As soon as they traded JPP, everybody went, and that's Bradley Chubb going number two. But I don't know if that's yeah, it. No, I don't. I don't know if that's but true. But this seems to be the first rumor. Yes, it that's does. come out about the Giants right. and Sam Darnold, which is very. I mean, that's great. That's what they want. That's good. Good placement of the rumor because it just. Hey, somebody's probably like Sam Darnold a lot. Maybe we'll trade up to number two. Well, especially because like the same thing you heard Buffalo with like Elway. Elway saying, "Oh, we're going to take a quarterback at five now." You know, people. I, I don't believe any of that shit. I don't no, believe any of it. I, I want to say this to everybody. This is the worst time of year. Yeah, you got to be careful because now that pro days are done, right? There's nothing going on. No, it's just people in rooms talking to each other, mm-hmm. and then they're going, "What could we float out there?" Exactly. So really, the next three weeks don't really listen to any of these rumors so maybe the real question is what are the Giants trying to accomplish by it coming out that Sam Darnold is the guy they would want at number two if Josh Allen's gone I I mean to me and the rumors I've heard is that they do like Sam Darnold at the quarterback position you know I don't think he's worthy of that number two pick now he is young and this is a good situation if hey you sit behind Eli and you learn and you get better and get get out of some of those raw you know issues he has at the position so to me it's either just like hey Sam Darnold we like him and they're going to get a kind of a temperature gauge from the city about how they feel with him here Uh, or they're going to get a team let's just say like the Buffalo Bills who go oh damn we really wanted wanted Sam Darnold too we'll we'll trade you our you know our we'll trade you three of our top four first picks or whatever that was the other story came out today that the Bills are desperately trying to trade up into the top five yeah well I mean which I if you're if you're the Broncos aren't going to take a quarterback. Right. The Colts aren't going to take a quarterback. Mm-hmm. The Bucks aren't going to take a quarterback. The Bears aren't going to take a quarterback. Who's nine? The Br- Niners, right? Niners aren't going to take a quarterback. Raiders the Raiders are, are going to take a quarterback. Right. So in my mind, you're kind of battling yourself. Why not? Like, uh, you're, or you're battling a Cardinals or a Bengals or someone trading Somebody up, trading up to right. try and get it. Yes, but no one has the ammunition the Bills do. No, they. So have... I don't understand. Like, trading up to five doesn't make sense. Trading up to two makes sense. Yes, because you're it, jumping the other teams. And that would be the other thing that I've I've been told. And again, I don't know this for sure. It's not like anybody in Buffalo told me this, but. The, the one thing I have heard is that they do like Josh Allen and that they wanted to trade up, but they're not going to trade up to number two to get the guy they don't want. Right. So they're going to wait to kind of hear from what Cleveland and what way they're going to go I there am, first. If, uh, like, I remember when the Eagles trade up to two, and I was like, oh no, what if the Rams take Carson Wentz right. and then we have Jarrett Goff? You know, but it actually worked out that yeah, time. Right. Well, I think they knew. I think that was a case where they knew somebody had told them something, or they, they, I don't think they made that trade without knowing. Last thing about this: yeah. if they do draft Sam Darnold, yeah. does it make you look at the quarterback situation with Eli? Like, is 
Is this a good situation for Sam Darnold to enter with who he is? Oh, it is. It definitely is. I think it's oh, it's one, it'd be an ideal situation. Again, like I said, I, I, I'm not here to like crap on Sam Darnold because he is a top twenty pick, no matter what. I just don't see the number one or number two pick type talent type of thing. But this would be ideal, yes, because he is raw and he is young and he is going to need a little bit of growing time there. And I think this is a perfect situation where he can fit in and kind of just take notes from Shermer and Eli and not be pressured by the situation quarterback draft stuff the argument against josh allen his completion percent he only threw for 56 percent completion percentage the argument against josh allen so i went and i was like i need to argue with sims good uh but here is i was wondering why are there some people that are so against Josh Allen and there are some people that are so for Josh Allen? This, to me, might be the most divisive quarterback that we've covered in a very long time in terms of the analytics community and the scouting, the GM, like going off of measurables and film category. Right. So here are the two statistics that I see are most commonly mentioned. Mm-hmm. The quarterback, he, he goes against all of the metrics that the analytics guys are using. Mm. Quarterbacks chosen in the top 100 since 2005, so the last 13 years, with a completion percentage below 58 in their last year. Andrew Walter, Jake Locker, Christian Hackenberg, Connor Cook, C.J. Beathard. Now, Mel Kuyper comes out and says completion percentage doesn't matter, but it goes against that statistic. Right. Here's another one. Q-base ratings. Mm-hmm. Since 97, there have been 27 different quarterbacks chosen in the top 100 with a negative Q-base rating. The most notable ones in the first round, Mark Sanchez, Josh Freeman, Kyle Bowler, Rex Grossman, J.P. Losman, Patrick Ramsey. So what the analytics community is going, we have these statistics. And anytime someone falls in these, these are what they've turned into. Right. And every time they've ended up being right. And they're looking at this guy and they're going, he's got a huge arm. We, They're, they're going, you can say that he didn't have any talent on his team, which makes it harder to evaluate. Mm-hmm. But they're looking at all these numbers and they're going, we've never seen a guy be successful with these statistics. Mm. So what is your response to that? So it's just, t- I don't even know what the Q rating is. The uh, Q I mean, base rating. Well, yeah. Talk about completion percentage and stuff, and I'm going to double check well, that. I'll, I'll say my same things I've been saying. All right. I mean, first of all, you know, I hear a lot about, oh, well, you know, turn on the Iowa film or we're, turn on the Oregon film. Okay, I, I get that. Yes, they were severely overmatched. I mean, severely. I mean, way worse than Ohio State over USC or Notre Dame over USC. This was like... This is like one double A schoolish versus legit Division One teams, right? Uh, this is a Wyoming team that probably wasn't as talented as Carson Wentz's North Dakota State team with the same coaches, right? Um, so again, the stats, I get it. Is there some rawness there? Yeah, the stats aren't gonna people aren't gonna love the stats, but the offense doesn't like preclude itself to friendly quarterback stats. Right. You can watch Josh Allen and the five games I watched, I think he threw five screens total in the five games. Now, I could show you first quarters of the other quarterbacks where they've shown they've thrown five screens in the first quarter and they're five for five. So, the completion percentage conversation is so stupid to me because of that. Baker Mayfield's uh, Sam Darnold's completion percentages are so inflated because they throw so many wide receiver running back screens behind the line of scrimmage. So, are, are you going to tell me 
mean, so that's it's probably about an eight to ten percent completion percentage because of that play. So right there, they were oh man, yeah, he can throw the ball to so, the back out of the backfield. But then added to this, there's more to it. He played in fucking Wyoming. What's it in Wyoming? What's the weather there? It's not Southern Cal. It's not Oklahoma. It's not Louisville. It's fucking Wyoming. There's, I don't know what the weather's like. I mean, Wyoming. it's freezing and it's windy. And the game you watch it, the flagpoles are flying. When I think of Wyoming, I think blizzards. of like I think of like cowboys. Oh, yeah. I think of like a desert. But yeah. that's not what it's like up there. Well, it, it's a cowboy of the desert that will sometimes Mountains. blow desert snow and like you're, it's yeah. fucking freezing. Okay, so yes, you that you so take into the that. elements. The elements. The talent level is. I mean. It's a real thing. When your receivers can't get open ever, yes. that's an issue. When you have the worst pass protection out of all of these guys, that's an issue. And the offense itself, we talked about lack of screens. I mean, most of his throws, other than six-yard hitch routes on the sideline, uh, are down the field. Every throw is 10, 15, 20, 40 yards down the field. Yeah. So that would be my argument to so that. So QBase is also, in my mind, it's right. QBase, which is Quarterback Adjusted Stats and Experience. It looks at college performance, experience, and expected draft position. It goes on to say, this is on Football Outsiders, usually right. has amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, QBase, uh, QBase favors quarterbacks expected to go high in the draft who also have a relative long resume of college success. The stats include completion percentage, yards per attempt, and team passing efficiency. The numbers are adjusted for the quality of defenses. That so those are, are a lot of team defi- stats there we're yes. talking about there. We're not talking about the quarterback. We're talking about, oh, the offense and the and team it said, does it also this, and we're put in, it on the quarterback's shoulders. It also factors in the quality of his offensive teammates. Right. So that's why I think Josh Allen's going to be a very interesting case. Sure. I go back to that book about... Uh, um, What's it called when I say something and it impacts you? Um, the butterfly effect? No, damn it. Uh, I don't know. I can't think about your life, man. It was the book. Mine. It was the book in which they talked. Daryl Morey talked about DeAndre Jordan and how they missed on the De- oh, bias. Yeah, bias. Damn it. Right. So he's talking about DeAndre Jordan, and it's like all of his statistics didn't match any of the things they had in the draft. Right. But they couldn't factor in that he didn't like his freshman coach. He didn't like going to class. He hated living in, in College Station. He didn't want to be at Texas A&M. Right. And he realized that he had to allow for a little bit of human error to come in in order to properly evaluate a player. Right. It can't all be statistics. Right. And I think that Josh Allen is going to be more of the DeAndre Jordan than of the J.P. Losman. Right. I just from the talent that's there, it just makes a lot of sense. Yeah, amazing, I just yeah. wanted to bring up the statistics that go along with what the argument is against Josh Allen. Yeah, right. I mean, yeah, so he, he took completion percentage, yards per attempt, right? Which I don't like that either. Yards per attempt annoys me. It's a stupid stat. It's yards per completion. That tells you the story. I don't give a damn about yards per attempt. I mean, yeah, there's a difference between a guy who throws the ball five yards 20 times in a row and, okay, maybe he completes 19 of them, and then there's another guy that throws the ball 20-plus yards 20 times in a row and maybe he only completes 10 or 12 of them, but his plays are more effective. They're more scary to the defense. They right. put more pressure on you, and they're more capable of changing the tide of the game. So plus, I don't know. plus yards after there's catch. There's more to it. Right. All that exactly stuff. right. All right, last one. Lamar Jackson. Pro Day and Cam Jordan. All right, so I'm confused. The Cam Jordan part. Yeah. All right, Lamar Jackson Pro Day. What'd yeah. you see? Uh, I saw 
a lot of the same things that I saw really this whole offseason. I mean, again, saw some throws that I liked, certainly, uh, but it's raw. It's just him going out there trying to figure it out and let me just, you know, figure it out in my hand and flick so it around. you didn't leave more confident. I didn't feel more confident. You know, I'll say this, and I like that Mike May- Mayock said this during the workout. He goes, this is a better workout than Teddy Bridgewater had. And that, that's what I wanted. I w- well, I was sitting there going, is somebody going to say that? Okay. Because it was bothering me. Teddy's like, was infamously bad. Well, I mean, horrible. He forgot his gloves. It He's never just, worked out with the wide receivers right. before. It was, it was just one duck after another. Like, to the point where you're like, damn, it totally changed your thought on the guy completely. Yeah. Um, so, again, yes, there's things there. But I think the most concerning thing, again, is just the fact that he didn't run the 40. You know, again, why? Why would you not run it? I'm not going to sit here and go, oh, he's out of the first round because he didn't run it. Because like guys like Eli and Byron Leftwich, they found ways not to run the 42 or find some way to finagle their time. Because Lamar could be a 4-3-5 or he could be a 4-5-5. But when you don't run it, we assume you're a 4-5-5. Yeah, or, or, or that he hasn't been coached well or whatever it may be. Right, he hasn't put the time into the maybe the mechanics of the race. But to me, I mean, again, nobody needs to see Lamar Jackson run. When you can run for 80 yards on Mississippi State or you can turn the corner on Derwin James and Florida State, man, you can effing run. That's yeah. there's just all there is to it. So then why do you need to see it? Because I would like to see it just because for the Lamar Jackson propaganda. He needs the help. He needs something positive. He could have gone out there and run 429 and everybody got Holy crap. I mean, man, he really might be Michael Vick. I mean, he needs something positive to build on in this offseason. I think that's the sad thing. Yes. Not from a not from a evaluator standpoint or a bloviator standpoint. I just wanted to know how fast Lamar Jackson was. Right. That was just for me as a fan, yes. like him running the forty would have been really that's what cool. I mean. to watch. It just would have just helped the overall story around him right now. But instead the story is still well, man. No, no, the story about Lamar Jackson yeah. is now his mom is his agent, and no one can get in touch exactly with him. Exactly, right. that's the current oh, story. I was telling you that, right? I mean, of I course. was telling you that was an issue. But now that's that's where we are. Now in his everybody's narrative. realized it, right? Because teams were having issues getting in contact with him. Not just Michael Vick and other people I know, but damn, when the teams are having a problem with getting in contact, I've known some pretty big time ballers who could not get in contact with Lamar Jackson this off season. Who's the biggest baller? I'm not going to tell you. So my thing is, is how much does that impact a team if they've never met a guy? Well, they met him at the yeah, combine. Yeah, they're going to meet him, uh, but it just shows you that it's not being as professionally run as can be. Um, but you know. Again, Lamar Jackson, at the end of the day, the film is going to speak volumes for him. And And that's what people are going to watch at the end of the day. They are. They're going to look at it and go, man, his upside is so phenomenal. We're going to have to take a chance on him here in the first round of the draft. And I think there's a number of teams that will do that. Uh, The Cam Jordan part was I saw Cam Jordan on the NFL Network. Right. And they were asking him what the Saints should draft and all that. And he says, maybe that tight end, maybe whatever. You know what? But I could also see maybe doing an heir apparent, sit behind Breeze and learn. And then he looked at the camera and he goes, (laughs) <laughs> and he mouthed Lamar Jackson. <laughs> right. And they were like, what'd you say? And he goes, nothing. I'm just saying that Sheldon Rankins went to Louisville. So that's, <laughs> that's what good. Cam Jordan right. said from the Saints. Right. And it made me think, where do I want Lamar to go? Mm-hmm. Not who should take him. Where do I want him to go? And I started looking at all the teams that maybe need a quarterback that are not in the top five. Because right. I don't think anyone in the top five is taking Lamar. No, they're not. It just doesn't seem like it. No, they're not. 
11, the Dolphins, 15, the Cardinals, 16, the Ravens, 17, the Chargers, 21, the Bengals, 27, the Saints, 28, the Steelers, 29, the Jaguars, 31, the Patriots. Those were the teams that I wrote down that I went, maybe. And then I wrote down their offensive coordinators, because I don't want Lamar Jackson to go to a guy that's going to force him into his system. Yeah. Dolphins have Gase. I like that. I do too. I like that a lot. Yeah. Cardinals have Mike McCoy. Right. I like that too. I do too. Mike McCoy. A lot yeah. of rollout offense. Sure. Right? Play action rollout. Mm-hmm. Ravens, Morningweg. Morningweg had a hell of a year with Mike Vick that one time. Yeah, right. Chargers Wizenhunt. I was gonna turn to you on that one. I think the the thing Wizenhunt has it all, and I think the thing you gotta think about there is Anthony Lynn. Because Anthony oh my Lynn God, is that also would be amazing. He's a run game coordinator. So right. if you mix the run game with Lamar, right? That's wow. where I think you get. That's where I think they had the great value in Deshaun Watson last year. Remember how we talked yes. about that, right? So that that's where I get that because Anthony Lynn's going. Ooh, Wizenhunt could get him on the pass game, and yes. I'll add a few wrinkles in the run game and watch out. Bengals Bill Laser, which is like a Chip Kelly, yeah. Which I get it, but I don't want Lamar to go there. Yeah, I hear that's you. just not my thing. Right, might be the right team and support system around him though, and the fact that it's close to Louisville, that's where I look at it and go. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, and you're right. The team around him, they're really good at handling. They just, are, you know. Anybody. Right. right. Uh, Saints, Sean Payton, I think is my favorite. I, I think. I think if he gets yeah. to go to New Orleans and sits behind Drew Brees right. and can get a year, and then Sean Payton in the back of his mind is building an offense. You like that more and than it's Jacksonville? him and Kamara. Of course, the Jaguars and Hackett yeah. would be amazing. Right. But I think for Lamar. Right. I think the Saints are the best, because Sean Payton's the best of the bunch. He is. And then 31, Patriots, Josh McDaniels, I'd lose my shit. (laughs) Like, if the Patriots got Lamar Jackson, everyone's going to go... You know, I've always liked Lamar Jackson. Like <laughs> right. they're going to try and get in front of it. I didn't have a first yeah. round grade on yeah. them. A hundred percent. You're totally 100%. right. A hundred percent. So I think out of all of them, my only question though about teams like the Chargers and the and the Saints and the Jaguars and the Patriots are those are the teams that are in the Super Bowl window, mm-hmm. and to use a first round pick right. on a project quarterback. Right. On a quarterback that they need to develop that's not going to play right away, I don't know if that's the best use of your pick. Yeah. Because the Chargers, the Chargers, Saints, Jags, and Pat and Piats can all go for it this year. They can. But I also think that a team like the Saints and Jaguars can afford. They can. To, to use a first round pick on the Jags, especially. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because they have no holes. They, They really don't. Saints. They could use another offensive lineman. They yeah. could use a defensive lineman. Sure. They could use a linebacker. Whatever. I mean, yeah, you're right. There's no doubt about it. There's a few more needs there, and they'd probably look at it and go, man, it's Drew Brees on his last leg. But uh, it could go either way. I would love to see that. The Jaguars one the is Jaguars another one. The Jaguars make the most sense for a number of reasons. Well, because be... if they draft Lamar Jackson, right. and then they end up getting rid of the Blake Bortles contract, you have the entire team getting paid because Lamar's on a rookie deal. Right. You know, that's, that's a good point. And you're opening up so much salary cap for fits all of him. that. I mean, it it's just, it's just exact. I mean, so it's, where do you want them to go of that list? Gosh, what's your number one? My number one's the Saints. Yeah, I think my number one's the Jags. Okay. Yeah. What's your number two? My number two would be the Saints. And then who's your number three? I think that my number three is the Chargers. I think the Chargers would be amazing. It would be cool. Now that you brought up Anthony Lynn, right? Oh man, I know. Because I don't think people realize the the. Anthony Lynn is the reason LaShawn McCoy was incredible in Buffalo. Right. No, no, no. 
LaShawn McCoy is incredible no matter what. Right. But he he had 1,500 rushing yards. Mm-hmm. And then he goes there and, and unlocks a little bit of Melvin Gordon towards the end of the year and right. all those guys. Right. Even in the Jets before that, he was phenomenal at the start of Chris Ivory's career, all those guys. I mean, he's that's what he's known for. That's He's a tough SOB, yes. and he's going to run the football. And if he had a quarterback like oh that. Oh, my gosh. Holy crap. With Melvin Gordon and yeah, all that? Right. Man. All right. So we only have one topic left. You don't have to rush in. And that is the Holdout Amigos. We have three guys that are our favorites, and they are all possible to hold out. There's a story about each of them in the news, so Sims, reach on in there and tell us which amigo Odell, we're talking Aaron, about. Odell, Aaron, Donald? Who are the whole, who's who the holdouts are, other than the, You'll find Odell. out now. The first amigo. Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald is the first amigo. Sims, I don't know if you saw it, no. but here oh. is video of Aaron Donald practicing working on his hands while a guy is holding knives. Oh, I didn't know he was going to say that. Wow. Hit you in the nuts. You might only have one nut as that knife in the But he's holding now. knives. Yes. And this is the first example of, whoa, big offseason. Whoa, big offseason. Aaron Donald is working out with knives. I mean, it's a little dangerous. <laughs> Why is the guy holding the knives the one wearing the pads? I don't know, but can he wear? What if he just was like holding some like big wooden sticks? Wouldn't they still that get the would point hurt across? too? Right, right. I don't. Do know. we have to have stitches to get hit? Do you think they did it one time? Or like, good, we got it for Instagram. Now drop those and let's just do or, normal or stuff. I was thinking like, I don't even think those knives don't look real to me. What? They look like big plastic like fugazis. Like I think like my my little boy has those. Those are like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle plastic knives. So you think they're you think they're I I don't know. Knives. I just thought I thought that, and then at first I was like, "Oh wait, is he at the Rams facility? Is he doing illegal work here with Coach?" But then I saw the Pittsburgh thing. He's yes, back he's at, at Pitt. Pitt, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. Especially when you're waiting to get like a hundred million dollar contract. Well, right. That's I don't I know if training with knives is the smartest. Hey, way. I turned my ankle playing basketball. Oh, we don't know if we can pay you then. Hey, I uh, lost my right jugular because I was doing some. some some handwork. I bled out on the field for 20 <laughs> minutes. I should be fine, though. Yeah. Well, no, it's like the Von Miller story of his crazy workouts where he'd be climbing and doing a monkey bar while holding a lot of weight while someone yells, you're holding children, and if you let go, they all die. That's a mental thing. It is. Getting stabbed by a knife is not mental. That'll make your hands quick, I'll tell you that much. You, th- you think? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd rather my hands be quick than me get hit. I mean, that's, again. Can't you just say quicker? Uh, you're right. Uh, like I said, why can't he just have like a big wooden stick? I don't get that either. I'm going to take the opposite side. I actually think that this is why no one else in the league is as good as Aaron Donald. Yes, this is Because they're, pra- they're practicing with spoons. Uh. While the rest of the NFL is spooning, Aaron Donald is knifing his way to a new contract. <laughs> right? Yes. Thanks. Oh, oh, stop it. Stop it. Hold your applause. It wasn't that great of a point. Yeah, yeah, shut, shut up, up. Sims. <laughs> asshole. All right, back to it. To the other holdout amigos. Oh, there's two in there there's still. There's two. Oh, Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell there's came out. With him? He came out last week after we did our show, and he said that he wanted Antonio Brown money. Oh, man. Which is $17 million a year. Mm. And I guess the question I'm going to ask you is, which player is more important to the Steelers? Le'Veon Bell or Antonio Brown? Ooh. 
Oh, I, I'm going to say Le'Veon Bell at this point. So then I don't think it's that crazy, Sims. I do think it's crazy because that's just not the end of the conversation. He's going to say that he lines up and catches 80 balls a year. He plays wide receiver and running back. Yes. Does Antonio Brown play running back? No, but no. I'm, I'm going to play then. Uh, Who would be better at playing the to, other person's position? I'm going to play Le'Veon GM Nungo and go, well, that's great, but I saw two rookie running backs. The supply way, is way more than the demand in the sure. NFL. But how many Alan of those Kamara running backs? was amazing. Kareem Hunt was amazing. Before that, it was Jordan Howard, Todd Gurley, whatever it may be. They're growing on trees, the running back But position. I would also argue right. that there's about 15 to 20 wide receivers in every draft class that stick around the NFL for years. And then there's like five running backs that make a big name for but, themselves. But you're going to go those 15 receivers. None of them are Antonio Brown. I mean, that's the... That's and the, of those running backs, how many uh, are Le'Veon Bell? Well, I think more. More are Le'Veon so then Bell. How much more is Antonio Brown worth than Le'Veon Bell? I don't think he's. I'm not going to sit here and say he's necessarily worth. I think you just have to the worth of the position in the NFL. And what Le'Veon's so, going to say right. is, is, I play both. So shouldn't I get a little bit of each because of my versatility? You you're saying that wide receivers are worth more than running backs. I'm telling you that I can play wide receiver and running back. Right. And if you want, you could have one less guy on your roster, like a fifth wide receiver, because you could put me back out there and throw James Conner in the backfield if you want to keep the play action rolling. Right. You could use that on defense because you can't draft corners apparently. Oh, yeah. Okay. So why do I have to... But it's also the most physically demanded position, and man, you've already missed a year, and why do I want to give you that type of long-term security, even though you do all I don't, these I different things? I just need three years and of I'm 17. Sure. I need a three-year, $54 million deal. What do you think? Three, three years, $54 million, 17 a year. Fully guaranteed. Three years. Yeah, I think it's just a hair too expensive. I'm offended. I know. And you know, I love to And now I'm going, I'm going somewhere else. I just it's just It's a little too much. Man, I mean, he, he he can't make ten million dollars more than the next running back in football. It's just but not you are happen. the you are the number I one advocate for paying running backs. I also am just trying to say we also have to be realistic, and I'd rather see him get a little bit more long term security than just do these franchise tag type deals. So if he wants to do like I don't know, I mean. You know, I understand. Like your three years, fifty-four million, whatever it may be. Maybe they add a fourth year to that, and they give them more guaranteed money up front, and make them earn the third and fourth year. Gotcha. Right? What I mean? You know what I'm trying to say? Like he's maybe, 26. I know he's got a lot of years left, but again, running backs for the most part, they can fall apart at 28, 29, yeah. whatever it may be. So you got to be careful of that. It's just crazy. It's the only position where I feel like we go. Mm, sorry, because of your position, I can't pay you a lot. I know. Of money. Well, it's supply and demand, just like anything else. And that's when guys like David Johnson are being drafted in the third and fourth round. Yeah. Teams go, well, yeah. damn. And we got you in the second yeah, round. Time out. So, so then why don't we get that way? Oh, Stefan Diggs, he was a fifth round pick. Up. Oh. Tom Brady, he was a six-round pick. I know because you're not seeing this. I mean, Brady's okay. That's like one and we whatever. We see wide receivers go later that have success. I, I, I know, but it's not a lot. It's not a ton. I think it's far less than the running back position. The elite receivers that you can go, oh, like the Mike Evans of the world, the Odell Beckham Juniors. Antonio Brown is really one of the few you could talk yeah. about is later in the draft that's actually been that good. So I just feel bad yeah. for Le'Veon because he wasn't a first-round pick. I know. It's he was a second-round pick. I want Le'Veon. If he gets so three years, 54, I'm, I'm all for it. I hope he gets it. I'm not trying to say, I'm just playing the NFL GM cap to just give you a few arguments there. Yeah. All yeah. right. Last amigo. Whoa, it's Odell 
Beckham Jr. And the only reason he's in there it's is, so, he's that, Odell Beckham is Jr. so that I can gloat. Right. Because I said last week. Oh, you did. That Odell Beckham once a week should release a workout video. And what do you know? You confused my wife, too. He's on the beach in Florida doing a workout. Why did I confuse it's not your wife? In Florida. He was somewhere. It's California. There's a mountain in the background. There's no mountains in Florida. So I can tell you Sims that. Sims is so good at context clues. <laughs> Why did I confuse your wife? Uh, because she saw it and she was like, wait, did Odell tweet at the podcast? She was all confused. And I was like, no, I think Adam's just referring to Odell's tweet saying yes. he's following something Adam has said on our podcast. Yes. Right. So his, whoever, shout out to Odell's PR people. Apparently, you know what? No, not the PR people. Odell listens hey, to the podcast. Shout out to you, Adam Lefko. You're his PR person. Oh, Odell. <laughs> oh, stop it. No, I don't not. know Lefko's uh, Bleacher Report email, but if you need any more advice from us, just reach this out is, to him. This, I'll speak some sense into him, and then he'll relay the message. This is proof that Odell listens to the Sims and Lefko podcast. He so, should. Odell, you're welcome. Now, if you want to do it again this week, but here's the best part. You know what the number one comment was under that post? What? Jerry Rice, keep grinding. That's what happens. This is how ridiculous social media is. If Odell continues to post one video a week, people will be like, man, the Giants are tripping. Odell is going to kill it next year. No matter who he goes to. Oh, he's in California? Maybe he's with Rams players. Oh, man, he's grinding. Now, if Odell posted once a week, think about this. Yeah. If Odell posted once a week a video of him eating a lollipop, I guarantee you that people would say he's going to get fat. He's not sticking to his diet. But all he's doing is showing you the one time in 24 times 7, 140, 148 hours a week that he is eating a lollipop that will convince people that he's not caring enough. That's why social media is fucking nuts. And everyone believes it. Aaron Donald may have, after that workout, they may have gone, okay, the knives are done. Okay, put them down. They were ridiculous. But we're thinking of him in like a butcher, like fighting like cleavers and, and butching knives and all that. One social media post indicates your entire offseason. Yeah. That's why when you see a guy and they're like, I love giving back to charity. It's the guys that really give back to charity don't really post that. They're too busy giving back to charity. But that's why, you know, you think social media is ridiculous. That's just I would love if if Odell ate a hot dog once a week. For the whole offseason. People, you would read the comments. You fat motherfucker, go in the gym. You should be doing whatever. <laughs> right, right. I just think it's funny. I know. I, it's, it's, it's crazy. We're in a crazy world. We are. All yes. right, so um, Wonderlake scores came out. What did you get on the Wonderlake again? 24? 24. 24. So. so you're one point dumber than Baker Mayfield. One point dumber. Yeah, he yeah. got 25. Rosen got, what, 20? I, lo- I love that I told you one point dumber than you went. That means he got... <laughs> Yeah, Baker got 25, Darnold got 28, Rosen got 29, Allen got 37, right. Lamar got 13. Right. How much stock do you put in the Wonderlex? Not a whole lot. I'm just not going to like make any final like detrimental thing or even a positive thing to me. I mean, I'm just not going to look at it that way. Yeah, what did you no. think of the Wonderlick when you took I it? I was surprised. I mean, Josh Allen, that was a good thing to hear. Okay, great. The Wonderlick, it, it's all over the place. First of all, I mean, each question gets progressively harder. You get you got 60 questions. You got 12 minutes to finish, right? And yeah. I don't know how many I got through. I probably I think I only got through like 38 or whatever and obviously got some wrong with my 23. But uh, like I told you before, I had a team give me an illegal wonderlick 
at the end of my senior year at Texas, he pulled me into a room and he gave me the Wonderlic, and I got like a 26 or 27, but I got lucky, Lefko, just because I knew some of the vocab words on you that did. one. And then when I took it at the NFL Combine, I did not know. Mm. So, again, it's just another piece of evidence to gather about players. People are going to look at Lamar Jackson's 13 and go, oh, that's not very good. And No, it's not the best, certainly, but it's not going to go, oh, he no. can't learn a playbook. I'll say it one time again. Bobby Petrino's offense is more complicated than USC's offense or Oklahoma's offense. Uh, or a lot of the offenses in college football, and he was com- completely capable of handling that. So Remember, I took the right. bootleg wonderlick last oh, yeah. year. And what'd you get? And I did it in 11 minutes and 52 seconds, and I got a 41. Good for you. So in the NFL, I would be a freaking a genius. Yep, you're a kicker. Good job. Yeah, but, that, but when I took it, it was like, which word is most similar to magnanimous? And I'm like, I don't understand how this would impact a football yeah, player. Yeah, right, right. I know. A lot of players, oh, listen, uh, you know. If John eats a pizza in eight minutes, if he only had four minutes, how much pizza would he eat? Yeah. Like, it was stuff like that. Yeah, and right. I was like, this is, like, I, this is, this is who Adam Lefko is. Mm-hmm. Adam Lefko only got into college because of his SATs. Right. Because Adam's real. I'm, I got to stop talking to the third person. Yeah. I'm really good at standardized tests right. because I'm very good at deductive reasoning. And so my GPA was whatever, but my SAT was super high because yep. I'm really good at filling out bubbles. Right. I think some people learn that way and do that, and some people don't. Right. And I think this goes back to the reason that I think the test is ridiculous when it comes to quarterbacks. A coach should. Should teach their offense to a quarterback in a way in which their quarterback can learn. It sh- they should not teach their offense in a way that they're used to teaching it. I heard and- the Chargers were very impressed with Lamar Jackson's ability to retain the playbook. Ooh, that sounded like news I haven't heard anywhere yeah, it else. Yeah, this news. There you go. Break that out. How you like them apples? But yes, so that's what I was told that they gave him a. A piece of the playbook one night, and then the next night they came, brought him in, and studied it with him, and he they were very impressed. Not everybody learns just through vocab or reading or whatever it is. Rob Gronkowski, I can promise you, he's not like reading Aristotle at night. But man, when he goes into a meeting room and sees a picture of a play and gets to watch it on film and maybe gets to walk through it one time, it's in his brain forever. I mean, it's he's going to remember it forever. So the one thing I never understood is like they're always. Testing him at the board, right? And they're yeah. always like, all right, so this is Z flat six nine four three two slash right. butthole. Right. And then they're like, if I move him there, who moves there? What happens? And I go, when are you ever going to talk to your quarterback like that? Like, is that how you teach people things? Yeah. Like, no, like you're going to sit there and, and right, like you've told the story about Kyle Shanahan before where he would send video clips of him explaining it. Right. You know, there's different ways to teach people mm-hmm. things. I took a course in college that said some people are auditory, some people are visual, some people are kinesthetic. Right. Like, I'm kinesthetic. I have to write things down. That's why I do this. Yeah. Because once I write it down, I head. do not forget it. Right. But if you tell me things, you can ask producer Josh. I'm going to ask you five more times right it's the reason my girlfriend is getting frustrated yeah adam i told you i need to write it down here's josh right here are you agreeing Hello, with this? josh Hello. josh literally said to me last week i he, usually have to tell him things like eight or nine times he said five <laughs> or six it's eight or nine yeah like last week josh was like i was like so when's that digiday thing he goes i've told you seven times and well, I was like, oh, Adam, yeah. Adam had me do a meeting with him to go over how to use Google Calendar properly. Right. And I set him all up with all the bells and whistles so he could easily track and manage his own life. I can't. And then here we are. He can't I think it. I might need to have that meeting, too. 
You tell me when. Yeah, yeah. Josh is Josh is like next level. Next Josh level. is the Josh McDaniels. Was that it? Were you outside listening? Yeah, I was. Man, I <laughs> yeah, saw. I what did I see today? So I saw somebody in a press conference, and I said, "Man, there's Josh. Look Kirk at Josh Fendrick." No, it wasn't Cousins. Kirk Cousins, today. Field Yates. No, it wasn't Field Yates. It was gosh, damn, who was it? I saw him today. I can't think of who it was. That's usually who I get. Yeah, I know. I know. Or Ollie Hodgie Sheik. Or uh, McLovin from Superbad. I would love Josh, <laughs> have you taken the McLovin for sure? Have you taken the Wonderlick? I have not. Okay, I want Josh oh, to take the one. Did we do it last year? Did yeah, I did it last year. I don't remember what I got. There. I crushed it. All right, see you. See you, Josh. See you, bud. Thanks for showing up. Yeah, thanks for doing Good it. Good evening. Good evening. Uh, the last thing I want to do before we wrap up is we never got a chance to talk about two guys that are most likely to go in the top ten, and that's the linebackers. Well, let's not do it this way. We're going to do this. Don't we want to talk about the rest of the linebackers, too? Like, at least talk about the top five? Or, like, you just yeah, want to talk about these two? How deep do you want to go? Well, I mean, I think there's... <laughs> I think we're done for today. I know. Why? How long have we been going? I don't know. An hour and 10? An hour and 15? Or right. more? I don't know. You All tell right, so, me. How long? I can, Okay. I, so then let's do this. There's three first-round linebackers to me at this point from what All I've right, seen. All right, then save it. Okay. There's three first-round linebackers. Right. Two that you know. One that's unexpected. Coming up on Wednesday's podcast. On Wednesday's podcast, we're doing this. What? We're going to do linebackers. Okay. We're going to do cornerbacks. Okay. So it's going to be a big scout day on the podcast. Cool. Also, I am going to be bringing in the Iowa scouting report from our friend that drove hours to meet us at the Super Bowl. That's right. I have his scouting report because you did. Jo- you, you scouted Josh. Jackson yet right. from Iowa? No, I'm not. I'm going to watch tomorrow. It. It does. We are going yeah. to. I'm going to read his uh, one beforehand, his scouting report, and we are going to see on the podcast how he is uh, as a scout. And honestly, uh, what I want, and this is from our our, our man Mitch Neeson. Mitch, right. shout out! You're the man. What up, Mitch? To the listeners out there, if you've made it all the way through this podcast, if you have some scouting reports on some cornerbacks. Just start claiming them. Just shoot me a, a tweet or an email. Don't send me. Don't send us Lance Zerline's copy. No, right no, no, in. no, no, no. <laughs> I want. I want you. We're going to do the cornerbacks. So, who are the cornerbacks that you know you're going to be watching? Oh, do you know? It's like ten of them. I mean, it's a deep class. I just know right off the bat. Um, you know, of course. Ward, Alexander, Jackson, the kid from Central Florida, the kid from Colorado. Um, the kid from Florida. Yep. The kid from. Hold on. You know I don't have names and crap yet. But there's about eight of them. Hold on. Hold on. I'll give them. To, I'll give. Them, I'll give you the rest of them. Here we go. Who else am I missing? The kid from LSU, Dante Jackson, Duke Dawson, uh, Al- Jair Alexander, Isaiah Oliver, Mike Hughes, Carlton Davis, Josh Jackson, Denzel Ward. Those are the corners I'm going to bang out. Today and tomorrow. Today and tomorrow. Right. So if you guys want to send a paragraph-long scouting report, when we go through this, I am going to read your scouting report. Sims will give you a grade of you as a scout, and then he will give his scouting report. So if you want to do this on Twitter, go for it. Uh, if you want to put it in the Reddit, Sims and Lefko. Uh, by the way, the Reddit, Sims and Lefko says that we need to rediscuss the bear versus lion debate. Okay. So we're going to do that on Wednesday as right. well. Well, bear versus lion. Have your arguments ready for lion. I love my arguments ready no for bear. No contest! Guys, send in your scouting reports. We love you a lot. Hope you guys enjoyed this. We are going to be recording again on Wednesday, and next week is jam-packed. 
I just know that Joe Montana is going to be on the podcast Ooh, next week, which is going to be awesome. Baby. So uh, this one is for Sims. Peace out, homies. For Fendrick. Good, good evening. evening. And for the L-E-F-K-O-E. Man. We say good night for Sims and Lefko. Thanks as always. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. We love you. We'll holler at you soon.